See, that builds character. Everybody <laughs> needs to flip off their seven-year-old kid once in a while just because the kid needs to realize that not everybody in the world is here to make you feel safe and happy. Hello and welcome to episode number 53 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where there might be a little bit of coronavirus out there, but there's still way more bullets in the air. And from America's left coast, where they know if you've been sleeping and they know if you're awake because Google is already in town. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, it's not just Google. Everybody's watching you, man. How are you? Is every We need a health check on you because watching... we. We, we we don't just just hook into one of the many many illegal surveillance feeds you'll find something i'm sure we could just watch you 24 7 because according to the news seattle is like ground zero man it's i've seen I, mo multiple stories saying seattle is like a ghost town they're telling over 60s to stay home what's what's going on out there i people are panicking and freaking out and doing exactly the normal thing don't worry okay this is a public service announcement from Grumpy Old Ben's. Do not worry about this quote unquote epidemic or pandemic or whatever it is. The I mean, I I think that I think that if the mainstream media had their way, we'd all already be dead by now and they'd be just talking to lifeless corpses because that's almost macabre enough for them. <laughs> but I I can tell you that a uh, solution is on its way because Congress has approved the funding bill to fight coronavirus with all of its billions of dollars in pork and extra projects and renewal for unpopular programs. And as soon as that thing's passed, I guarantee you that the coronavirus scare will be over. Nothing helps the economy like spending more money and more money and more money in stocks. Well, I mean, if you have well, any money in stocks, what, once I, I, I do, uh, it's been a bad week. No, they're, they're, they're doing whatever the fuck they want to do. I, I don't care. Um, no, the, the important thing is, is that just to know that as soon as the bill is passed, all of that, all of your money that is being stolen from you by men with guns at the IRS, all of that money will have been allocated to some elites pet projects. I haven't even looked at it. I'm waiting for no agenda to figure out exactly who got the pork barrel stuff, but I know it's in there. And as soon as all of that has been allocated and sent and the money is committed and, you know, sent off to whatever corrupt assholes out there, then there won't be any more reason to hype this. And you can stop hearing about it every five fucking minutes from everybody you talk to. I tell you what, uh, the, you know, the, I, I, I posted the other day on no agenda social. I really like this one that, uh, the best f feature of the virus hitting this area is that the state government was falling over themselves so much to try to appear to be doing something about it that they've momentarily forgotten their illegal crusade against the second amendment. <laughs> so they're not worried about guns right now. No, no, they'll, they'll remember about guns and like, Oh my God, they still exist. And in, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, but right now they're like, Oh my God, there's this thing that everybody is freaked out about. And they don't think that I'm compassionate enough. 
Yeah, that, that, that is what goes through their heads, I think. That sounds about right. And uh, Adam Curry, the pod father, did just post about that $8 billion bill. And it, it's just breaking news as we're starting Grumpy Old Ben's here on Friday morning. And we expect by uh, Sunday that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak on the No Agenda show will have the full breakdown. But I mean, Trump wanted like one point five or something billion and they passed eight. So, I mean, when you when yeah. you ask for one point five, of course, you so get eight. That's six and a half billion dollars given to the deep state and to pork barrel projects and to shit that I guarantee if we were thinking rationally that you and I and the general public or at least you and I, because the general public never thinks rationally, um, would definitely disapprove of. Well, yeah, Trump would be like, yes, we need billions to fight this virus that's going to go away on its own as soon as we stop hyping it. And Congress is like, OK, but make sure that we have an opportunity to tackle. I mean, they're going to you know, they're going to they're going to renew FISA. They're going to renew the Patriot Act. They're going to they're going to allocate more billions for NSA programs with Facebook and Google and Silicon Valley companies to make sure that nothing you do or say can ever be go unrecorded. I mean, it's it's going to be a bonanza for people who want federal money, but don't actually want to be scrutinized for the way they're spending it. And I mean, I'm not saying Trump is perfect, but for people that are against this stuff like FISA, right. Trump whoa, said whoa, whoa, whoa. Hot, changes. Hot take. I know Trump Darren isn't o perfect. does not think Trump is perfect, but he's fighting this. He said FISA will not re up the way it is that extra controls have to be put in to protect you know the the to make sure the kind of stuff that happened well, because it happened against him so i mean that was a big part of it but it'll be interesting to see what happens with fisa but with this 8.3 billion dollar bill that net net pointed out not eight eight point three billion dollar bill about three billion i think was allocated I that, towards, that's called 300 million in rounding error well it's but you believe three billion for finding a cure it's like we, let me just give you a little hint on how fast medicine works if you have to find a cure everybody's going to be dead before you can find the cure so uh, <laughs> the three billion is really not going to it's not like wow we can find a cure within 15 minutes let's just throw all this money at it the the only reason we got lucky and i talked about this over on the random thought show was an israeli group had already been doing research on a virus for, they're looking for a vaccine for their poultry because there was a coronavirus going around with the poultry i guess and for years they've been studying this and it turns out the coronavirus that they were studying trying to find a vaccine for was almost exactly like this thing coming out of china to where it seems like they're already in testing on humans the only thing they had to do was go oh genetic marker poultry oh change that to genetic marker human in the vaccine and they're having some success with it so this so this, yeah this concept you need three billion to find a cure yeah i whose pockets are getting lined in the interest of making sure we live up to our name of of spreading vicious conspiracy theory rumors i'm going to start it you heard it here first that the coronavirus the wuhan flu the wu-tang flu whatever <laughs> hey the wu-tang's a pretty good band let's be honest yeah and they and they have a kick-ass disease i'll tell you um that was started because some chinese person had sex with a chicken that has to be it it's the only possible explanation it's, i mean you sure it's a chicken though i mean they were saying bats well I you mean, said chicken 
Well, that is in Israel. That's where the coronavirus was in the poultry. Oh, so a Chinese person went to Israel, had sex with a chicken, and then <laughs> went back to China and took that. Yeah, it's I've possible. seen this movie. I mean, it's possible. There was a story out of, uh, it had to be Wisconsin because, I'm sorry, cheeseheads. Um, Jonathan Brandmeier, actually wacky radio DJ that worked out here. And I did a random thoughts about him, too that he actually had a song because he did a bunch of crazy songs and stuff and had a big band and would go out and perform two huge crowds i mean we're talking 18 20 000 people he has a song you can find it on the tubes i'm sure called moo moo i love you and it was about a guy that was caught having sex with a cow so i mean somebody going and having sex yeah. with a chicken probably not completely out of the realm of possibility all, but- all i'm saying is if you live in sheep country invest in velcro gloves <laughs> You do kind of live in sheep country, don't you? So the other real big advantage to this public panic freakout, especially in this area, uh, is that uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Boeing, uh, you know, big employers in the area, have all strongly encouraged their companies that if you can work from home, please do so for the month of March. I was, I I had to drive to Seattle yesterday, which is a problem anytime that you do it. Uh, Not just because it's Seattle, which is bad enough, but because uh, I live 30 miles ish. Um, It's, it's a half hour drive if I can manage it at 3am. But if you do it at, you know, anytime when the sun is up, it's an hour. And if you manage to do it at rush hour, it's usually 90 minutes or so because traffic is just that, you know, we're not quite LA. We don't quite have as many people here, but the problem is that we've got a, a giant body of water to the west and a wall of mountains to the east, and there's only one road going north to south. So everybody's on that road. So traffic in Seattle is world famous, at least for people who've been to Seattle. I tell you what, it took me 30 fucking minutes at 9 a.m. yesterday to get to Seattle. There was nobody on the road. They're telling everybody All to stay home. Workers are staying home. Yeah. Yeah. No commuters. Oh, my God. And, you know, what this really brings up is, is what if these companies actually embrace the concept of work from home? And and we could we could have that discussion as to whether that's feasible or not. But I just th- I, I thought it was fascinating that, you know, if people work from home, that basically instantly solves the traffic problems in the whole region. It would. And you know what about this whole working from home thing that literally hurt my brain when i saw a news story on this are are you okay i I am i'll be okay i'm recovering nicely but this just talking to me has that effect on people this shows how uh bad the media is at their job i mean dr drew has already gone after them for how they're covering the coronavirus because they don't understand the medical aspect of it and i don't expect any normal person to understand the medical aspect of it but as a journalist well, the, your job is to I, find I can out give you, from people that I can give know. you a really quick rundown on the medical aspect of it it's another variation of a type of virus coronavirus is a class of virus not just a single one um we've seen it for a long time it's been around for a long time we generally understand it pretty damn well this is another variation and we don't need three fucking billion dollars in the next 15 minutes just uh, anyways Right. Well, and also they're saying, I think, if I read correctly, that some of these cases in Washington state were not the COVID-19. Is that the right number of the coronavirus? It was another coronavirus. So it wasn't even the one out of uh, 
that was out of China. They don't, I mean, it's just where these things are spreading from. I don't know, but you're right. Coronaviruses go around. It's just part of the ecosystem of our planet. But as far as the story on the working from home thing, this, because again, the media has to spread doom and gloom and fear amongst people every story that they tell because do you know what the fear was because fear sells <laughs> you know what the fear was being sold here and the the problem we were going to face from working from home do you have any guess what would be the problem or fear of working from home um that people might become shut-in incels who never have any interaction with other humans no that they would probably like no, that I mean, that's already happening is why I was a little hesitant to answer. But. Yes. The fear was it would push the Internet to the brink because of all that extra traffic. Oh, my God. People working from home and I laughed my ass off. I'm like, do you not understand how much freaking data is moved on a high def movie from Netflix compared to what an average worker would need in now, a day to work remotely? Now, if. If everybody in the world were Netflixing from home, I could see a, a bump in traffic. But the average remote desktop session does not use that much data. <laughs> God, I hate your name, dude. Duodenium says, yeah, the problem is everybody working at home would have porn running on the second monitor 24-7. And that is why the traffic what? would go up. What the hell do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> I've got the three monitors. I've got my notes up on one. I've got the troll room up on the other. And the third one has porn. What well, do you need? You're doing it right then. But I just was I was scared for the whole. I mean, I already was for the quality of the media out there and what people will believe when they read things. But I just couldn't understand how this somebody actually bought into this. This was like something you would tell a kid and think it would be a joke. Like, oh yeah, the internet's going to break because everybody's working from home. <laughs> and then they go, you know, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And the news agencies picked this up and ran this on a news website. And it's like, you don't understand how the internet works. You don't understand how coronavirus works, but you don't even understand how the internet works. So I don't well, know. You, you do understand that by despite However, many times the earth has rotated around the sun since they came into existence, regardless of that, by spending the entire 80s, 90s and aughts uh, not subjecting our children to real world experiences, they still think like a kid. They still think that, you know, uh, uh, local authority, be it mommy and daddy or, or if you have succeeded in moving out, it will be, you know, daddy government can somehow protect you from the world and therefore we demand that and and we must have it this this is well, i mean uh, media causing panics which make everybody run to their local authority and saying save me is not new and it's not unique but we have successfully managed to raise an entire generation of well, I, I can just be the old man and say everybody younger than me, getting them to real world experiences by not sending them out to their first job at 16 and having, you know, somebody who doesn't give a shit about their feelings, tell them that, you know what, you really, really sucked at cleaning this bathroom. Do it again or you're fired. I, I, I feel like this is what we are experiencing here is the culmination of we have taught everybody that you don't need to take personal responsibility we'll just do it for you and now when something comes up that that not even you know our our big 
government can handle. We're like, oh my God, just cower in place. I'm not even sure where I was going with that. It just felt like a rant, though. Well, you get there. But part of that, I saw an article the other day that said the average millennial, and I know we like to pick on them, would leave a burnt out light bulb for approximately two to three weeks before not changing the light bulb, but asking somebody to help because they don't know how <laughs> to change the light bulb. And I don't know. I've got I've got a burnout light bulb in my house that's been burnt out for 15 years. Is it very hard to get to? Is that the deal? It It, it is. It's on the ceiling of the vaulted that we... <laughs> When I got this house, it, it has vaulted ceilings. So the highest point in it is probably 22 feet off the up. So you and, need uh, ladders and one of them big poles. Yeah. yeah, there's there's this sconce. Like, no, a ladder won't even work. It's in the dead center of the ceiling. And it has two bulbs in it. And one of them has been working for 15 years straight. And one was out when I bought the house. <laughs> You're like, screw it. That's enough light. And, and um, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I also... I know how to buy a lamp, which sits on the desk and works and is within reach and I can change out the bulb. I know how to light the room in various ways, but you also, I mean, I, most of the stuff on the tubes is crap. I don't even remember where I saw the video the other day, but this, this was some serious drone skills. I saw a dude who was able to change a light bulb using a drone, like up that high, <laughs> they had a little pole attached I, to the thing. It went up got into the hole and then he you know rotated the drone and it worked i was like holy crap that's amazing yay Finally. technology solving problems that people should be able to just handle on their own this is the future we must have drones to change our light bulbs but to be fair i mean the millennials don't even know how to change a light bulb when they can reach it it's like well you get the bulb that's a highly general statement you twist I'm sure there's a millennial somewhere that understands how to change a light bulb i'm sure there are but there's probably way more that don't that might scare you. That's kind of the concept. But I well, I, the idea that anybody can't figure out the basics of a light bulb is a little scary. So you're probably right there. The with this eight billion dollar coronavirus bill, with this coronavirus, with the I see a big correlation between the coronavirus and global warming. I don't think I'm alone in that, but. The uh, way both of them are are overhyped issues that the mainstream media is trying to use to freak out the general public for the purpose of building up political capital and getting bad laws passed. Yes. Well, it's wanting to get the bad laws passed is a very nice way to say, take away all of your freedoms to. Well, that's what most of the bad laws tend to do. The here's here's a little hint about government, by the way. Yeah, there's only really one trick that the government can do. Yeah, the government, it, they can do two. They, there's there's two ways the government can do anything. They can look at a situation. They can do nothing or they can act. But acting the only the government can't give you anything. The only thing government can do is take away your freedoms. Their only power is to set up yet another situation where your rights will be taken away by men with guns if you don't do what we say. That is the only thing that government is capable of doing. They can't give you rights. You are born with all the rights that exist. And a government cannot give you any more. So when somebody's like, I need to solve this problem and I want to use the government, what they're talking about is taking away your rights in some way. 
and that might just be taking away your money, but they're going to do something that curtails your freedom in order to solve the problem. Doing if it through fear is, I mean, that is the most nefarious thing, I think, well, when you're going to push this stuff because, with fear. Oh, fear, shame, and greed, the three big human motivators. And greed is the one that is responsible for capitalism. It is also the most powerful one. And it's the one that is uh, responsible for pretty much all of the prosperity we've had in the 20th century. But it's a lot harder to control her. If you've got a good propaganda machine spun up, then fear and shame are both fantastic and easy to control and direct wherever you want to. That's intriguing because shame is what they were using in China with the system we've talked about for the, the social score thing that we've talked about on a few episodes. So then you add fear in with, I mean, global warming wasn't working. There were still a lot of us who went, no, the science is bull. There's, there's only so many years you can keep everybody in a constant permanent state of butt puckering fear before they finally start going numb. Before they realize that the climate isn't uh, isn't dying the latest family guy i thought it was great it goes like 50 years into the future and stewie is an old man and brian the dog is somehow still alive which is impossible because it's a dog well it's a cartoon and it's it's all impossible so of course it's possible (laughs) anything's possible but the uh brian's like well i mean i think peanuts i think peanuts is 100 years old and charlie brown has never fucking grown up yeah he's, he's never gotten any lucy but when it comes down to I, don't, uh, I wouldn't want that she's a bitch <laughs> that is true the the concept was stewie said you know because brian's like well how it's, it's some, there's so many years how am i still alive and stewie's like well i created this special magical potion to keep you alive because i wanted you to see that all of the global warming bullshit you were pushing back in the whatever <laughs> was not true <laughs> and it's like yes well, I, I i don't think people i I, I think there are a few people that listen to grumpy old Ben's who do probably understand that if, if you look at shit rationally and you start to realize that, no, the climate is not changing and, you know, all this stuff we're being fed is starting to feel more and more like lies. I don't think that's what's happening to the general public. I think mostly the general public have been fed the fear mongering of this thing or that thing for so long. And, and any good fear mongering story, take this, this Wu Tang flu. The, the Kung flu, whatever the, I, I hate calling it coronavirus. Yeah. Kofifi 19. Got it. Yes. Um, it, 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 every fear story has got a period that it lasts. It's got legs for a while. And I feel like climate change has been milked for so long that eventually people have to get out of the first stage of grief and move on into acceptance. And that's kind of what happens is I think most of the people out there, when you tell them, uh, oh, my God, the earth is going to die. It's going to explode. We've already passed peak oil and peak sun and peak greenhouse gas. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. We're all fucked. Nobody's going to live past 2040. That's fine. So party. I'm just going to live my life now. And most of them are probably permanently depressed. And of course, SSRIs that everybody's on doesn't help. But I think that that's what. You know, at least with regard, you know, when you bring up climate change, global warming, I think we've reached a point where most of the people who really buy into this are it, are are not being activists for it anymore. So it's it doesn't have the punch. They're just depressed about it. They're like, right. I just can't do anything. And we've been 
we've been told so long that we're so screwed that I I'm powerless and I mean if I you want to know why stress levels amongst uh, the young are sky high <laughs> as we've never seen before um yeah look at what's going on in the world look at the message they were given I mean world we say this all the time like when we were kids but we got news well we didn't really get news when we were kids because i don't think much of many of us you know before we maybe were in high school were reading the newspaper for the articles watching the nightly news didn't really care i, I read the newspaper for the pictures yeah well for the comics there you go the oh, uh, there were pictures yeah <laughs> you, then you uh you know now also, as soon as you turn 10 you realize every single one of those comics was stupid and unfunny yeah kind of and now you yeah. look at what these kids are seeing on their screens, popping up alerts and all this stuff. It really is child abuse. But when you have people trying to push a global concept, and I do believe that they went, you know what? Global warming. They tried to ramp it up. They really tried to ramp it up with the AOC. Well, in 12 years, putting 12 years on it, they figured, well, this is going to be long enough to where you know we can fudge things a well, few years down the road but it's, it's quick enough it's soon enough that it was going to put fear and terror into people like we have to 12 years oh my god that's not a lot of time we have to do something well it's it is soon enough that it's able it's enough to convince you that it's not worth having kids or a family or starting you know creating more humans because they'll just be dead and you couldn't possibly want to bring a human into the world under such conditions so I mean, they've got that going for them, but it is, I think it's just the right amount of time where they honestly believe that, you know, with the cultural swing that is going on with the dragging of the Overton window off into Karl Marx territory, um, they can just about get enough people in power that by 2030, it will be all Democrats all the way down in, and every single one of them will be, you know, Bernie protégés and aoc clones that's fucking frightening <laughs> well and, yeah and then by the time 2020 or 2031 rolls around and and some people stop and go wait a minute why am i not dead then the elites who are pushing this message will be fully in control and it won't freaking matter i mean, I mean are, are you pissed I, in 12 I, years if you're still alive like they told me i would be dead i'm pissed right now <laughs> The, the the difference with the virus is instead of 12 years, it's like you could die in 12 days. You're going to get hit with this and we're going to cause fear. And all of a sudden, you're right. The first thing you see is massive bill being passed. It, it worries me when people are making I, knee yeah. jerk decisions. Well, the, the massive bill worries me. The fucking virus doesn't. OK, yeah. I mean, that. I, I mean, I also what's going to be like here a many, lot longer than the other. Like many people on the internet, I am personally pretty well off because, you know, there, the the news has been saying things like you need to self isolate, you need to distance yourself from other people so that you you don't have a chance of contracting this. And I'm like, there, I live like a hermit anyway. Right, you leave the house like once a week, and we're safe. Yeah, and the only pre, the only human I physically interact with is my wife. Well, see, but she goes I don't out like, like I the do. rest of them. You know, our wives go out into the world. I mean, I was yeah, kidding the other day when I told my wife, it's like, you know, we probably should just build a little, uh, uh, what and, do you call it? She them? works at a call center, well, which see, is something you can't really. Well, yeah, but when she comes home, I think we need like one of those little, uh, those little rooms where you get like sprayed down before you can enter. You need like an airlock before you can come into yeah. the actual house, like spray it down, disinfect everything. Keep, keep the bad well, stuff. I've just from got us. automated flamethrowers for that. 
that would do a little bit of harm to your wife, I believe, the flamethrower part. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't hey, quite sold her on this <laughs> idea yet. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. But yeah, staying away from people is a way to keep the virus from spreading. And then the hope would then be that the bad virus would actually die out, which it does. If it can't keep getting transferred to somebody new, the virus does die. But of course, now you're seeing articles everywhere. And people are freaking out like, I'm ordering packages. I mean, I'm getting stuff that was made in China or I'm getting stuff that's shipped from Amazon. You know, what if the Amazon employee had coronavirus or what if the mailman has coronavirus and how long can this last on a package? And the experts are like, well, you know, I probably not more than like an hour or so when it comes down. Well, and here, here's here's another fun myth is the idea that if you get exposed to this thing and then 10 minutes later you shake hands with somebody who uh, then, then suddenly they're infected too i've actually seen people freak out about you know oh he was out at this gathering and he might have been exposed and on and that means i could you know he could give it to me i, I don't know well and I, the i'm numbers. sorry i saw that argue. yeah okay the- that, that wasn't a very powerful straw man to argue against but well it's the numbers are being inflated because when you say x amount of percent die of something you have to know how many people have the malady that have actually been exposed to the virus and there's no way to know that when we're being told that a vast majority and i think this came right from dr fauci you know the guy that's the head of all this stuff yeah, good, to, good to be here bro yeah the like 80 to 85 percent of the people that are going to get this virus that are going to uh, it's going to be processed in their body like a just a very mild cold or flu. So most of those people never call their doctor, never going to get tested. You're never going to know how many people actually got it. So when you say 5% of the people are dying from it, well, 5% of the cases that are so severe, they need medical attention are dying from it. That's a much different number than 5% of all people who have gotten the virus. Because if 80, 85% are going to get it and it's going to be like a cold, you're never even going to notice some, I mean, kids for some reason yeah, have an immunity to it, which is interesting well, because it, the it, flu usually it, hits the really young and really old. So the fact that it's not hitting kids is weird. Not every virus can be Ebola that, that, you know, causes you to bleed from your eyes. But when, when they've got a, you know, a substandard virus that isn't just, isn't killing everybody like they really need it to, um, you just have to make people free you know what was the i mean last year it was the measles before that it was zika before that you know we had we had sars we had mers we had uh, the swine flu bird flu penis flu uh, you might have had that i know i've never had that yeah it it caused some weeping that oh but it's the case there there was of getting fear i mean when you look it's it's sad but we've been trained i guess by no agenda that when you see this story on the coronavirus you don't go oh wow this is a huge huge tragedy and people are going to die and i should be worried you're going what narrative does this really help (laughs) you know that's like the first question people when people die it is a tragedy but it's not my tragedy which means that i have the ability to feel an um, an appropriate amount of sympathy which if i knew the person who's 
probably quite a bit. And if I didn't know the person be like, well, that's it. That's unfortunate. And then move on. But what, what I don't have the capability of feeling is whatever this manufactured freak out is that, that some talking face on a mainstream news channel is trying to make me feel, um, it, it doesn't matter what kind of human tragedies are going on. Uh, you should not consent to being psychologically manipulated and emotionally manipulated by people in a talking box. Well, yeah. And uh, our buddy Jay Finley in the troll room, the chat room we use during these live recordings, Friday mornings, 11 a.m. No agenda stream.com. said when they were at O'Hare here in uh, Chirac, well, just outside of Chirac in beautiful, lovely Rosemont, Illinois. <laughs> Um, there was a lady and her husband coughing uncontrollably. Another couple sitting two seats away, he said, got up and relocated to another row. And he said him and his wife just uh, sang my Corona, which is, I mean, I mean, the knack needs to come back and redo that song. But if you're out there in public, I mean, the concept that you're going to be able to, like, get away from it, especially if you're flying. I mean, I mean, if you're if you're willing to get yeah, on well. a plane, then somebody coughing, if especially if they're getting on the same plane you are, I mean, you're kind of screwed anyway. Um, yeah ph- phone boy mentioned in the troll room said that he you know coronavirus has has changed keeping him home he says uh he's fine but he hasn't seen the inside of an airplane for a month and i'm like that's that feels like a minimum i i don't know i well i saw the inside of an airplane uh well a month and a half ago well, i mean you had to get it. home from hawaii because you yeah, weren't no, gonna swim. nobody nobody was coughing on me nobody gave me any frightful diseases but i still hated it for the entire experience and if you want to know more about that go listen to our episode on air travel ah, but suffice choice. it to say the the situation aboard an airplane regardless of whatever the local you know whatever the current pandemic is going on the situation inside of an airplane is borderline inhuman treatment air, airplanes they, they are shaped like and look like and behave a little bit like coffins and they certainly feel like that and it doesn't matter whether or not you're getting viruses what do you usually do i mean my wife every time we travel seems to pick up something and i'm assuming the flying part is not helpful to that situation but this again is the fear that you have i mean there are people that should definitely be isolated if you have pre-existing health issues if you're well over the yes, age of 60 who comments on youtube videos everybody that comments on youtube videos should isolate themselves sure. yes i can't disagree with that but the risk factors even with these doom and gloom numbers that are coming out the risk factors for people that are under 60 years old especially those under 50 years old without pre-existing conditions it's next to nothing so the fact that people are changing the whole way they live you're seeing stories that the nba may ban fans from the games which i mean maybe (laughs) is better i don't know well i I, that would just be finishing what they've been doing by having awful awful policies yeah just the ml the mlb could learn something from that except that they don't need to tell people to stay home they're doing it anyway yeah bring it to fruition well that happened when they had the problems in baltimore a few years ago the white Sox and the orioles played a game at camden yards without a crowd it was the weirdest thing 
you know, to watch that. that. Well, is that because both teams sucked or was there extenuating circumstances? It was because of the violence going on in Baltimore that they decided they weren't going to huh. open the they weren't opening the gates. You know, I, I heard a podcast recently about how NASCAR are actually removing seats yes. from their I, I I don't I don't know if you heard the same podcast or not. You know, I not only heard it, I produced it and starred in it and uh, funded it. Uh, well, with help from the producers. Yeah. That uh, I mean, it was it was the surprise. I mean, I knew that places like here in just outside of Chirac, our track is in Joliet, and I talked about having season tickets for that when it opened up, and people were really excited when this track was opening up, and they opened up. I mean, the numbers may be slightly wrong, but I believe they opened up with 75,000 seats with the, uh, the the press being that well within 10 years they're going to build this up to like 150,000 or whatever they were going to continue adding grandstands and the place sold out for a few years well it started going the other way and Daytona I mean that's the birthplace of speed that's the big track when it comes down to NASCAR racing uh, taken out if i remember the numbers correctly i think it was they used to have 159,000 seats and now they have 101 so they've almost downsized by what a little more than a third about a third which that's a lot of revenue that's a lot of tickets that's a lot of lost fans and it's not just nascar the oakland a's who don't seem like they're ever getting a new stadium but the plans that they wanted for a new stadium had way less seats than their old stadium did which the only place that seems to want to keep staying large is the yankee stadium who rebuilt with about the same capacity but all the other teams are like well we don't really need forty thousand seats i mean we're only using like 20 of them so well eventually you know what the mlb would love the ideal thing is they they just do all the games on a sound stage and then beam it into everybody's play uh, you know that will be the way it's going to go at some point if if they can get their the broadcast rights and in, in fact if they can get some bad legislation that forces everybody to take the MLB channel that uh, I I might be off my well they're I, I might already be the left field here they're already doing the bit where you can't bring in bags when you go to these games they're already doing the bit where you have to go through a metal detector or get frisked going through so is it really that unbelievable to think that at some point you know, under these fears of coronavirus that you're going to get to the gate and you're going to have one of these little isolation areas where you're going to have instead of, you know, before you have to go through the metal detectors with the police and the security, you'll have medical personnel who are you know, using the little ear you know, thermometers to get your temperature. Oh, you've got a low fever. You you can't come in. I, I wouldn't be except they won't use thermometers. That's too invasive. They'll come up with some <laughs> kind of technology like automated, you know, Face recognition already has the ability to to decide who you are from glancing at your face. All you have to do is connect an infrared thermometer to those cameras, and then they'll be like, well, you know, this person's out. He's in the database. This person's out because they have a temperature of 99.2. You really think the man's and, worried about being too invasive with a quick ear scan? I'm surprised they don't lay it down on the table. No, where the, no where the I, I think they are worried about efficiency and how many people you see. If they have to have a human being stick a thermometer up your butt for right. every single fan, then it really slows down getting people into the stadium and they need. And more importantly, in order to keep the, you know, get everybody into the stadium on time, um, they would need to hire three times as many people. Hiring those people costs money 
and they are averse to spending extra money when if you save money and keep your budget high you can pocket it that's important well you may have to just insert your own anal probe and register with the mlb app before you go to the ballpark okay we'd like you to sit down on this special chair right here okay you're gonna feel a little pinch right try husker said (laughs) then you have to pay 32 dollars for a 16 ounce coors light and uh Nobody wants 16. That. I think they, they, they lowered it to 14. Maybe. Although I got a good deal the other day. I was, you know, it, it, sometimes it pays to read your local grocery stores uh, ad. They had cases of Guinness. I mean, I don't drink beer a whole lot, but I do prefer Guinness and Smittix. Those are the two I kind of dig with St. Patrick's Day coming up. They had the Guinness bottles, $12 for a 12 pack and if you bought over $15 and one cent of groceries, I don't know why the one cent was important, but there's a $10 rebate from Guinness. So $12 worth of beer minus 10, $2 for 12 Guinnesses. It'll be a good St. Patty's day. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I, I could see me buying that and then, you know, having to buy another one tomorrow. Right. How many rebates can I have and how many friends addresses <laughs> can I use? There's going to be a check for $10 friends. in my name coming to your address. Uh, friends fuck you you can't have my guinness i'm drinking it all <laughs> well i just mean you were going to use their names to get the rebates oh oh yes yeah so M- multiple addresses so yeah well cheap you don't beer need is good. friends you can yo no in today's world of deep fakes you can just make up new people i know i was like like every time that i went to uh the store uh you know the, when when they're like please enter your phone number for tracking purposes and uh, half the time, I just enter a random phone number and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, sure. You, you that's start fine. with start with the local area code uh, or, or the area code of, say, New York City or something. But I'm I mean, it, it often works. The by the way, the the never the one thing that you should never, ever do when you need to check out and you know supermarket, they're like, please enter your phone number because nobody carries the fucking cards with them. That's stupid is they all expect you to enter 10 digits into the pad and 10 digits needs to correspond to something in the database. And for me, uh, I live in the 425 area code. So I will, half the time, I will enter 425-867-5309 because I guarantee somewhere somebody has registered that number and there are thousands of people using it, which means- Very popular, 867-5309. Use your local area code if you don't want them to- to raise suspicion be like wait a minute why are you out of area but i mean what do they care first of all the person who's scanning your groceries does not give a crap they're making minimum wage and they are not paid enough to care whether or not you're scamming their employer when you're buying the employer when you're buying nothing but alcohol and feminine hygiene products just use the hug story number that is a great idea imagine just use the hug story number (laughs) just imagine the ads they'll start getting congratulations in, in fact really for for whatever you do just use the hog story number yes that we should try that i would, would like to know if anybody besides, has I, I don't think that you could i don't think with with those products you could change what hog story gets i think that fletcher probably already orders all of that anyway that is that's probably right on the mark so anyways yeah i didn't come here today to talk about coronavirus you didn't what did you come here today for i mean i know we have you're, you're doing like larry the larry show that larry show just did an episode on digital detox and you're telling me you're going away from all connectivity for what three days three days i mean it's not part it's not much of a detox in fact i i will probably shut down my computer just to prove that i can 
but but that's about as far as um i know i we're going off the grid we're going um uh we're, we're driving up a volcano in fact um the, the volcano safe. in question is is mount saint helens some people may have heard of it yeah um it, it hasn't exploded recently so we figure it's probably safe to go to the side of it and camp and um you know when we go out there i'm gonna shut off my phone because there are no cell towers and it'll just say battery um you know that that probably would destroy the minds of a lot of people but yeah i'm i'm going to be completely unavailable and it's gonna be fucking fantastic you can just relax no bloops also it's still winter and it's above the tree line it's gonna be cold as shit and you like camping when it's cold as shit well i like camping the temperature of the shit is is not as important a little hunting, a little fishing, or just going out there to uh, to be one with nature. What kind of animals they and got out there? I mean, you, are you worried about bears or anything up there? They've got me. <laughs> what else should I be worried about? Bears. Uh, attention, bears in the Mount St. Helens area. A Sir Bemro sighting in your area means you should probably self-isolate and, and stay and, home. And Bemlet will be there, too. And oh. there will be alcohol involved, so you need not worry about me. Leave the chainsaws at home. Actually, there will be a chainsaw there too. You gotta, you gotta build a fire somehow. <laughs> uh, a drunk bemlet, a chainsaw off the grid. Are you finally just trying to get rid of them entirely? Were you still pissed about that one episode? It didn't work the last time. Oh uh, yeah, true. He's resilient. That's it's, too bad. The the last time we got a drunk bemlet with a chainsaw, he managed to sever an artery, but that was as close as it came. And really, I mean, we can keep trying, but. How how many times before it reaches the definition of insanity? <laughs> he re- he really did sever an artery. I I don't know if there was an artery involved. He really did hit himself with a chainsaw. Well, okay, he's not dead, so maybe not the artery. But what did you come here to talk about today on Grumpy Old Bands episode fifty three? We're way past beta now. I actually thought about talking about privacy. We have been a little, um, well, not very much. Um, in in particular, uh, privacy in schools, um. There, there was the, what started me on this rabbit hole was a school district in New York, which adopted facial recognition to monitor their students. Well, it's for their um, convenience. And, and, you know, last year when a school in Queens added microphones with algorithms to try to detect aggressive behavior, um, which, which the great thing was they got false positives from people coughing, somebody like, <coughs> and somebody thought it was shouting and yelling. So the algorithm alerted the authorities, tried to get people to storm this classroom because somebody coughed. Well, it could be coronavirus. So it might be good to have the authorities there. Yeah. Well, that, that depends on whether or not you think those authorities are working for you or working for someone else. They working but, for me, uh, man. The, the rabbit hole I ended up going down is that there are a number of companies out there that, uh, you know, th- they, they, offer services to school districts to effectively i mean do the kind of things that that we have civil rights to prevent uh you remember back in 2013 when edward snowden gave his big leak that showed hey the government is watching everything you do and everybody's like oh my you know not not that anything happened with it or anybody freaked out or anybody even you know who trusted the government before ever stopped trusting them afterward um, but the, this stuff that they're doing just out in public in the schools is, is even worse. Uh, you know, it's not just they're, they're, they're using facial recognition so that they can, I mean, they, this is revolutionary. You don't have to take attendance anymore because you just have your camera pointed at the classroom. Be like, yep, everybody's here except this person. Make sure that you call the truancy police, uh, or, uh, 
the you know the recordings the microphones uh there there are separate companies that you the school will pay the company and the company will watch every student's social media account and flag anything that they say that could be uh, a concern or uh you know potentially aggressive or you know if if somebody mentions uses the word gun on facebook then this company will automatically flag it and send a report to the principal so this is well um, you know, beyond just in-school surveillance. This is monitoring students 24-7. This is monitoring everything about students. Uh, you know, there, and there, and do, there these get, do these students get laptops or tablets from the school, too, that they can bring home um, conveniently with them? It, you know, sometimes the school provides laptops. Other times the school is actually demanding that you install an app on your personal phone so that they can track everything you you do and we've talked many times on grumpy old bens about what kind of invasive horrible things that can happen if an untrustworthy app is installed on your phone well that's exactly what's happening here is they're basically saying if you don't install this app you can't come to school uh you know there's uh what is there's there's one called uh gaggle no the names of these things uh social sentinel go guardian securely gaggle and there's one called bark <laughs> you know these sound sound sufficiently dystopian already um but you know there's there's one particular app that i ended up finding out about that um it, it basically says if you you know in order to go to this school you have to install this app and you have to install a root certificate on your phone well that pretty much gives the app the ability to oh install anything they want to root your phone to control all of your devices to turn all of your devices on and off without you finding out about it uh to um spoof your phone uh to spoof any websites you go to one of the things they they actually advertised that they use went to this company's site is um that they filter any websites that you visit so if there are websites that are on their list of sites that thou shalt not visit which uh, you know almost certainly includes shit like porn and probably you know piracy and and whatever else that the the school doesn't want you to have um they, they filter that they probably send you to alternate social networks you try to go to facebook.com and they'd be like my school's facebook just because that's one that they can keep safe the the amount of privacy invasion being done to our kids is utterly ridiculous it is the kind of thing that civil rights lawsuits are made to combat but because it's for the kids it this stuff is just going under the radar it kind of blew me away well yeah and it's going um, on yeah, this, in our audience my, jay my, finley in the, the troll room mentions that the last two years of his daughter's high school they forced her to take home a chromebook and sent home a letter that said contract between child and school all about what she could couldn't do plus all of the monitoring including the camera he says he reminded the school that anyone under 18 cannot enter into a contract i propose she use my chromebook and they denied it so we taped the school's camera and mike on the dumb thing yeah, i would have gone in and maybe cut the uh yeah I'd, I'd go in and start like desoldering shit well there was a thing in uh i think it was philadelphia if i'm not mistaken a few years ago where the school did the same thing and then the pervs that work at the school were proven to be turning on the kids cameras and watching what was going on because i mean usually kids yeah. if they're going to do their homework they'll take their chromebook they'll put it on their desk in their bedroom and leave it open so who knows what's being caught while these uh these devices are in your children's bedrooms and, yeah and if you if you believe the 
rumors, conspiracy theories about uh, pedophiles being in charge of things, which if you think about it, uh, what kind of jobs are if somebody is a closet pedo who gets off by interacting with and seeing kids and get sexually aroused by that what kind of job are they going to try to get they're going to try to get a job that has them near kids and they can be very friendly people and i i'm certainly not accusing every school administrator of this but you know they exist there oh, are yeah. people out there who are administrating schools and who whenever they interact with a little girl your little girl they're going back into their private bathroom and rubbing out a batch yeah that's just i mean you and I mean, know again, it's happening somewhere. It's ha no, it is. My grammar school principal and, and, and now arrested we're for child people, porn. I mean, I knew the guy well. The, <laughs> Didn't have what, a problem. Wait, what? Yeah, my the, the the principal of my grammar school when I was there years and years ago was arrested for child porn, and it's like God this, damn. Yeah, and it was my mom used to teach dancing, and and she would it would rent one of the rooms in the school and teach classes for like an hour, a couple hours after school. So the kids came in and were, were taking dancing lessons. So, I mean, was around there after school. I mean, she knew the guy um, always seemed okay, but you never know. That's it. You don't know. You know, there's no litmus well, and, and, test. And that's absolutely the minority. And obviously, if somebody is trying to fuck your kids, then you want them out and you want to catch them. Yeah. But the last thing that you want to do is hand them a bunch of tools so that they know exactly where your kid is yes. at all times of the day. The, these school administrators know far, far more than the parents have any access to. You know, your kid can go off and and spend an hour somewhere where you don't know where they are because you trust them to come back that's at least that's how kids are supposed to be if you're not a fucking helicopter parent but these school administrators know exactly where they are like oh they just entered this vacant classroom because the kid wants to go in and study without anyone around and the administrator can you know or a teacher or uh, I, I, well and I you really, can track them outside of school because i mean you know gps I, yeah. and phone so <laughs> I know lots of people who are good, solid people who want to be good teachers. And I just to be clear, way over 99% of the people who administer schools and teachers, at least the teachers, I don't know about administrators, but they want to do best for the kid. They actually got into it because they want to help out children there and they're good at it. And it's a tiny, tiny percentage, but we are giving the tools to do terrible things to our kids we're just willingly handing them over to these people who if they were doing this sort of thing to adults then the there would be a civil rights lawsuit and a, a false surveillance lawsuit so fast i mean the cia would be envious of what these schools are getting away with right now well and that's why uh, our audience i mean knows a lot more about this stuff than average uh we've, we've heard you talk about apps and how horrible they are and all the problems that come along with the privacy and all of that. Most parents, I think, when the school goes, hey, we need your students. We need all, all of our students to put this app on their phone so we can keep them safe at school. And we know if they're on the property or if they're leaving, the parents go, oh, OK. And that's scary. Yeah. I, I, I if if uh, now. You, you and I are both in the situation where we don't have any kids, which may or may not be our choice, but uh, we're not there and, and this won't come up. But I'm not if I you. had good. Oh, my God, that would never work. <laughs> you want to increase the shootings in Chicago? Oh, 
Maybe. Is I'm that sorry, possible? I, I did not I did not mean to bring up shootings in a conversation about schools. Those two things have nothing to do with each other. But if I had a kid and I got the piece of paper that said, uh, your kid's cell phone must have this root certificate installed, I'd be like, that's it. You are not allowed to have a cell phone at school ever again. Well, wait, not, what if you have to have a cell phone to get into school? Um, well, then the fucking school is going to have to provide one, and then I'm going to go in and start desoldering shit. <laughs> that is not a bad idea. The, I mean, I know for parents, this seems like a great idea at times. Cause, I mean, everybody thinks they're a genius, and oh, we can yeah, track no, our kids. No, the parents who are thinking don't think this is a good idea. Well, that's true. Although some parents think they can use it to track their kids. And we talked about it in one of the previous episodes how my buddy's kids uh, told him that the people go to the local ice cream shop and their friends mm-hmm. and leave the phone in the car at the ice cream shop and then go somewhere else and screw. You know, so it's like you think, oh, look, little Jimmy's at the yeah. ice cream stand. Uh huh. Sure. Kids, kids are not as stupid <laughs> as we make them out to be. A lot of them are pretty damn clever. They know how they see a system. The system is stacked against them. And a lot of them can figure out pretty quickly how to game the system. And I applaud anybody who discovers that, hey, this phone is not is surveilling me and it's fucking with my rights. I'm yes. not going to use it anymore or, you know, not what I want to do things that. Yeah, it's even the, you know, once you get be, I mean, the app thing is really spooky, but the facial recognition may be even more so with the cameras. And I mean, I get why they need cameras at schools now because they have so many problems. Uh, but they also, I mean, I guess this is opening them up well, to be, new things be, because they no, the problems that they're having are mostly perceived uh, you know, people wanting to get in fights at school has been happening for as long as there have been schools. Uh, it, it happened when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, if somebody got in a fight at school, then a teacher would drag both of them down to the principal's office. And the principal would call in their dads and give a give them a talking to. And you know, my dad got to know my school principal pretty damn well <laughs> well between um, you and bamlet i bet ah uh, he he was the nice one <laughs> so you were the problem okay he, that, that yeah, checks. He, <laughs> he, he was the little lost child who didn't ever get into trouble he didn't he, he kept his head down he actually did what i should have done if i were if i were being pragmatic which is he kept his head down and he you know he was just as angry as i was about certain things but he knew it well enough not to let it out probably because he had the observational evidence of an older brother who right. raged and lashed out at everything and went oh he's he, being punished i don't want to be punished right. he saw the trouble you caused and said i can do it better I well can do he it. saw how angry i made adults yes and uh and just as an example of those parents dc girl how you doing dc girl in the troll room my cousin was thrilled that his daughter's school insists on having all of her social media information. He's a single dad of a teenage girl and probably fairly overwhelmed, as he should be. But giving the social media accounts to the school, I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea. And we also come right back to what we just talked about, about leaving the phones in the car at the ice cream shop. Uh, kids can have more than one account on all these social media platforms yeah. and most probably do so so here's my recommendation that you should tell your kids is that you you need to let your kids know that adults will try to follow you and try to restrict you based on what you say on social media which means that you can't you know nothing on social media is safe and therefore and you need to be very clear with your kids you 
should not have a social media account as far as they know use and, a different name keep it yeah, undercover it just only just, share I with mean, your when, friends when the school says when the school says we need your password for your facebook account which by the way is illegal but apparently nobody gives a shit about that you say i'm sorry i don't have a facebook account now now me i wouldn't have to lie because i don't have a facebook account because fuck that website but i know that everybody listening despite 53 episodes of me telling you how much facebook sucks you all have fucking facebook accounts because you're addicted but when somebody says i need your username and password in your facebook account so i can follow you and track everything you've ever done listen to me follow just repeat after me i don't have a facebook account what can they do but well, we looked up your name and it says you do no no that's not me yeah well that no that's that's one of the 17 other ryan bemroses in its area Actually, I have I have a problem because Bemrose is a really freaking uncommon name. Yes, that's uh, that's a little <laughs> but, bit tougher. I mean, if your name is O'Neill, for example, that's you know pretty much every Irishman in the country. Right. And I mean, I got lucky because I have the same name as a you know a fairly prominent Olympic boxer that's kind of popular in Ireland right now. Same exact spelling. So anybody looking up Darren O'Neill, they're going to find him way before me. So it's good to have somebody famous uh, with they your look name. Up, unless they look up Darren O'Neill on Twitter. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that guy wanted my name. <laughs> yeah, said, like, you didn't no. give it to him because you really, really wanted to be findable on Twitter. I do. I want to be findable on Twitter. You. That's how we promote Grumpy Old Ben's on the Grumpy Old Ben's Twitter. That's good. You got to follow Grumpy Old Ben's on Twitter. And uh, we don't have an Instagram, no, I though. I mean, I have a I personal don't. one, but I never use it. But yeah, if you're going to have if your kids are going to do social media, I mean, there's a few recommendations that I would have. One, if you're going to do something like instagram well one choose a platform i mean even though you're going to give the company your data and they're going to see your pictures the one thing i will give instagram is you can block the general public from being able to see your pictures so you only allow your friends people you actually know not random people that send you a message to see your content there are other sites out there vsco.co which are very similar to instagram but there's no privacy at all. Anybody that punches in your username can see everything you posted. And those I would avoid like the plague, you know, at least do. And if you're going to do it, if you have teenage kids, maybe you, you maybe like uh, what's his name? Anthony Weiner. They could be like Carlos Danger. Come up with a fake name. So anybody that knows you, anybody you know, at your school that you don't want to have it can't just look up Ryan Bemrose. You know, you're like, yeah something totally different it works see what what i need to do is i need to plant a meme that bemrose is an obviously fake name because nobody would have a name like that yes you know that's just can't be any if you're bemrose it's probably a cia plant and you don't want to be you don't want to be going to that honeypot i mean actually doing this podcast is is part of my grand plan because anybody who listens to the podcast would be like nobody could be that angry at everything in the world so that's obviously a made-up persona it's obviously an act yeah. which there was i saw an article the other day i don't know the guys i don't remember his name but he has like three initials with the guy was known by he was one of these wrestler dudes you know from the whatever the wwe now i, I always think wwf but then you know, the worldwide wildlife federation yeah yeah we, we all from back in the day we know what it is yeah they screwed up yeah um but this guy you know just goes by his initials he never breaks character 
And part of his character, they said, was being mean to children. <laughs> so a dad okay. brought his seven-year-old to one of these Comic-Con type things to meet the guy. And the guy flipped the kid off and the kid just started crying. See, that builds character. Right. Everybody needs to flip off their seven-year-old kid once in a while just because the kid needs to realize that not everybody in the world is here to make you feel safe and happy. Right. And then maybe we wouldn't have, you know, some some bullshit like this ethical source uh, open source initiative that I only learned about this morning from cold acid. But yes, from cold when, acid. When it came who, down to this, I love that just 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 briefly. People were like, how can you blame that? You know, blaming the dad because it's like, well, you know, this guy doesn't break character. So you knew what he was going to do to your kid. And people were like, this is very this is very easy to figure out what was going to happen the guy doesn't break character it's in like all the press releases and everything else so it's not like you walked into something you didn't know but uh you know again maybe just bad parenting but tell me about open source i i, I still think that's that's pretty good parent i mean yes. <laughs> e exposing kids to what they are going to like that's what childhood is supposed to be about is when you are an adult there are a lot of decisions you have to make and the right way to make these decisions is to think about them rationally based on experiences you have and knowledge that you have. And we're doing kind of all right at getting kids knowledge, but we're doing piss poor job at getting them experience of the real world. You know, maybe, maybe that's the best thing about this school surveillance is we're giving kids experience that, you know, what school administrators really just want to fuck you and then screw you over. And maybe literally, hopefully not. I have an exit strategy idea. Troll room. Can you vote on this? Sir Bemrose daycare. Oh my God. Preparing your children yeah. for the real there, world. I, I, I don't know. No, there's <laughs> it. I don't know if it would be worse for me or for the kids, but there's really no good so situation that can come out of that. I don't know. I think it sounds like a great idea. I, you hate me. Don't you? <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, you it would be perfect. You could have all the kids. You could you could teach them about the world, then their parents could just come pick them up. Really, this would be the one. This would be the one business model. I wouldn't be like, yeah, he's just going to slough off. It's like, no, no, they're going to so, get the full Bemrose. So there's you, there's a fine line. There's a fine line between character building and giving the kids PTSD. <laughs> point taken. Point taken. Uh, so uh, actually, I think I want to pack up the ethical source thing because there's there's a lot of information out there that uh that I'm. I, I want to come back with full rant because it's about programming and I really care about programming and, and open source has always been something that I admired and looked up to. And the OSI is apparently going full SJW. And if that acronym soup isn't working for you, uh, just know that uh, merit does apparently no longer has a place in, in these organizations because they're big bureaucracies and they've been taken over by social justice fuckheads. I mean, warriors. Apparently, the big news is that uh, uh, Eric S. Raymond, who was a founder of the open source movement and has always had a much higher opinion of himself than most other people have had, but generally has been a very strong advocate for the meritocracy-based open source that has made open source good, um, got thrown out of the OSI because he was not, he, he was not considerate enough of people's feelings. And I'm going to have to come back with with a story on that because uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know enough to really, really get ranty about it, but I know I will if I come back next week. Right. And Unless you'd like the abbreviated rant. Well, I mean, we, no, we want the full rant. Cold Acid just brought this up in No Agenda Social before we started recording, but it's interesting to look at. I mean, I have theories on maybe it has nothing to do with this, but I think if you're starting to see people going after open source software now, it's for a different reason. I mean, before it was the big companies like Microsoft that wanted to make a lot of money selling, you know, their office suites. So, I mean, they wanted to tell you why LibreOffice or whatever most dangerous was bad. Thing, the most dangerous thing for to open source from, uh, you know, uh, for the last two or three decades was from the outside. It was people who want to control what you can run on your machine don't like the idea that you might have the ability to run what you want. And Microsoft is certainly up there. At least they were back in the day. That's the weirdest fucking thing is that it just in the last five years, Microsoft has actually started contributing to the open source community in, in real positive ways. And I, it, as, as an old, you know, as, as an old employee, I, I didn't give in to the wild unfounded conspiracy theories about how Microsoft wanted to completely dominate and destroy everything that they didn't write. I, I didn't need to give in to the wild and unfounded ones because I knew damn well about real founded, accurate conspiracy theories that they were doing exactly that. But it's the strangest thing that Microsoft is now one of the more open companies amongst the really big ones which is interesting i mean there's no doubt about it especially with windows 10 going the route of so much more tracking oh, so much yeah, more windows advertising 10 is still a giant pile of closed source spyware yes but well, i was referring specifically to like their developer division well which is good which, which is really opened up which is good and i mean i know you'll be happy to hear this because uh when other people have questioned in the past about using uh proton mail you talked to really that so far they seem good but it's a closed yeah. system um i just was on proton mail yesterday got an email from them their new iphone app i don't know if this has to do with the if they have an android app the same thing has all been open sourced and they're open sourcing a bunch more of their code so they're trying to oh that's kind of awesome go you know to show now you is, what's going is, on is it is it really open source or are they just saying, you know, here's all the UI and display code, but all the really secret sauce is still closed. That's a good question. You know, the dude's name, Ben, who know coding would have to take a look at that. This was that, just that yesterday. Might, so this is okay. new too. That that might take some research then, which I'm probably not going to do because that sounds like work. But uh, it, it, it is. It, yeah, don't get me wrong. This is an important step in the right direction. But you know uh, what? I, you do work. I mean, I, you even got a shout out on the Joe Rogan show as being somebody that worked here on the no agenda stream yes yes i absolutely give the impression <laughs> at least to our host adam that i'm doing actual work so you fooled him you fooled the podfather you you've well, just, i'm not actually going to admit to anything which is smart <laughs> void zero is the but, actual but adam, genius adam clearly believes that i do real work on this stream and i appreciate that uh, that was it, it felt a little special to get my name out there uh that i, I know i could tell clearly I watched the video. I could tell clearly that the the mention because it was just a mention in passing. You know, Adam saying, "Well, we got all our producers. We got people in the community who we got people who do art. We've got Void Zero and Sir Bemrose, and we got and not none of those words 
passed into Rogan's ear holes. They all just <laughs> washed right over that bald head. I watched it. it. His eyes were glazed over. He didn't care. He was thinking about his next question, but that was fine because I, I don't feel like, you know, Obviously, you know, saying Sir Bemrose, somebody is going to anybody who actually thinks about it in Rogan's audience is going to be like, sir. Yes. Well, that, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> I was, that's what I said to my wife. I'm like, OK, that, uh, our buddies, Ryan Bemrose and Mark Van Dyke got mentioned, but you got Void Zero and Sir Bemrose. So yeah. it's like you're still undercover well, and, and Void. Yeah. Void got his handle, but not his name. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess that depends on whether or not he wants his name exposed to the the rogan audience this is true it was a really good interview for anybody that hasn't uh, checked it out. i'm not a big joe rogan fan just because of the amount of time that he or the amount of content he puts out on a weekly basis which seems to be like what 15 hours that's a lot well, i was surprised at exactly when just just a side thing when when we put that up yesterday because uh the the full rogan interview with adam was played on the no agenda stream right after no agenda yesterday and when we put up there i was surprised at just how much pushback i got from people in the troll room oh I, rogan is so overrated i hate rogan i can't believe you would put up with this i'm out for you screw this and i'm like okay you know what think what you want about rogan but this is fucking adam curry right and and he is worth listening to i'm not going to be putting up jre on the no agenda stream all the time he's got no. his he's way bigger than the stream he does he doesn't need us and more importantly if you want to go listen to joe rogan you go fucking listen to joe rogan you know where you to listen find to the stream for that you know where to find one thing i will give rogan no, i would no, like if you want to by the way if you want to listen to the no agenda stream you can listen to uh previously unheard of shows like the brand new maps with matt which is coming up this sunday i mean it's unheard of to you but i've heard it and it's awesome well it's it's unheard of to most people who are in i mean i got sent a pre-release version of it in order to evaluate the first episode i didn't listen to it of course but <laughs> i i did get sent it of course you wouldn't listen to it um i got some inquiries yesterday from our pal illuminatia who is thinking about starting a podcast too of her stories so we might have some new content to put up on the no agenda stream Ooh. shortly. That should be some good stuff. And this is, I mean, this is kind of what we like. I mean, our buddy Progo thought maybe we should put Tim pool up there, but to me, Tim pool and Rogan aren't all that different. They're guys with huge audiences. And, uh, you know, I would rather, I said the program, like, I'd rather you do a podcast. I mean, I would rather almost anybody that is a part of the community I'd, does a I'd podcast. listen to a Progo podcast. I would too. Progo was good. We had him on. It was a lot of fun. He knew his stuff when it came down to all this, uh, yeah, uh, encryption stuff, and we have a very talented group of producers. I mean, we're basically stealing a lot of the No Agenda producers. We're kind of swimming in the same pool, and as Adam said, some very talented people who know a lot of uh, have a lot of technical knowledge. And I was surprised. I mean, I I was familiar with Adam back from the MTV days, and I knew he had purchased MTV.com and all that. So I kind of figured. He was, and being the pod father, I kind of figured he was into the whole internet revolution, but I wasn't aware that he was as much of a tech nerd as it seems like he is. So, uh, you know, I was kind of figured that JCD was bringing the, uh, the tech inside of this. And I don't know. That uh, well, JCD is bringing the knowledge. Adam's always brought the enthusiasm. You put those two together and you have a winning combination. Yeah. Which I mean, seriously, we need to we need to look into that for grumpy old bins. Maybe we need to bring on a couple more hosts, somebody with knowledge and somebody with enthusiasm. I don't yeah, know. 
We should try that. But one thing I wish I had from the Rogan interview was a uh, a track like I have when I record Grumpy Old Ben's so I could see each person on a separate channel because Rogan seems really good to me and he's probably always like this. I just don't watch enough of his content. Rogan's very good at saying a few words, letting the other person start talking and then just shutting up. I bet you out of that three hours, Adam talked at least two of the three. I don't doubt it. See, I could never let you do that because you might actually get a point in here or right. there. And, you wouldn't and then want it that. wouldn't be grumpy old Ben's because you're far too reasonable. Yes. Well, you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want any reason to come into the show. But uh, it'll be interesting to, to see this whole open source thing, because I'm, I'm wondering now if the people that are pushing the things like the coronavirus fear and the global warming fear, they have their hooks into things like windows and they get all of their spyware out of that and if you really had linux distros that allowed you to uh, to stay off that radar well then they they can't they can't peddle the same fear to you can they they don't uh, have as much information you you can be propagandized precisely as much as you consume the the information and and content that is being fed you by the people who want to propagandize you uh if you if you're like me and you stay off the social networks and you stay off of the the mainstream media and you don't watch news and you, you know that most of the time if there's some giant explosive political story i first hear about it on no agenda because john and adam will come in with a skeptical eye and be like so do we want to talk about the thing that has happened and you know the it was hit all the news in fact there was no other news this entire week and you know john would be like yeah well we should definitely talk about that because i thought it was total bullshit and adam's like yeah it really was yeah. and it'll be a good five minutes into their conversation before i have any fucking idea what they're talking about <laughs> because i didn't watch the news stories right but but I have the ability to pick up clues from context and eventually I'd be like, okay, so this person said something and, and these people reacted because people react. That's what they fucking do, especially when reactions are what sell news stories. And so, you know, the news over blue, you know, somebody freaking out because they really, really like conflict. And, you know, any author knows that conflict is, is the soul of a good fiction story and that's what news is 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 people who th can't hack it writing fiction so they use nonfiction in order to try to tell compelling stories so they have to highlight conflict and i'm now suddenly ranting about the entire journalism industry but that's I mean, not a surprise it. yeah without conflict the story basically goes sir bemrose woke up in the morning yeah. he had breakfast petted what? his cat and then went to bed at night Without conflict, it's just facts. And uh, TV news discovered that that wasn't holding their market share years and years ago. And so they abandoned that. And they're like, no, here are some facts. Now, how do we tell a story? And so congratulations. We, if, if you watch mainstream news for facts, you're also getting fed a story. And stories are always written from a perspective. And the perspective is usually whatever corporate overlord wants you to think. That's what you're getting. But I have a serious question now for all the dudes named Ben who really know this. Well, stuff. I have a flipping answer. Well, that's probably why I'm putting this out to other people, too, because that know what they're talking about, which is always nice to get somebody that knows what they're talking about. I mean, just like we have the concept of being off the grid, Adam Curry's off the grid where it's I want to have a phone, but I want it to be 
giving a lot less of my data away. We want, of course, you take all the apps and everything else off of. I'm curious that straight out of the box, I mean, whether you want to call it data leaking, data mining, how much of your personal information Windows 10 give as opposed to Mac OS, whatever they're calling their latest one for the laptops, desktop, and your average Linux distribution, how much data is really being how much how much at risk of your privacy are you between how much of a difference between windows mac and linux at this point and i know there's vast differences between linux distributions but you know you're you're so average I, I don't have a real answer to your question and i think that 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 you it's bigger than than most people are going to you know it's probably more than most people know but uh i don't know if this is flipping enough the the answer that i have the only safe assumption uh, to the question of how much data is this thing sending, the only safe assumption is to assume that it is sending all of the data that you give it. And I phrase that in a particular way to indicate that you still have some control over it. Right. But I mean, oh, you're using, you know, your computer, you're using a program. Maybe it's QuickBooks. Maybe it's an open source thing like to do your taxes, things like that. Yeah. You're putting this information in. You think it's safe. <laughs> Is it really safe? Well, if you're using QuickBooks to do your taxes, then QuickBooks has your information. Uh, if if you're doing it, you know, if you're well, because using QuickBooks Microsoft, is all in the cloud now. So, I mean, let's assume you're yeah. using an open source version that if, is if self-hosted. If you're using Microsoft Word to compose documents, you can generally assume that the at least the title and maybe opening line and whatever else the, the search indexer you can probably assume that that's probably getting sent up to a cloud database somewhere. Uh, if you are using a, a browser that is wide open and you go to Google, you can assume that every bit of information that that browser has access to is probably being sent to Google. Um, you know, here, <laughs> there was a story came out recently that Google, Gmail is now uh, selectively trashing political ads. And somebody actually did a study about how, um, if, if the ad was for a conservative candidate, this was, this was for local candidates, then, uh, Google was putting them in the spam folder. Wow. But if it was for a Democrat candidate, then they were putting it in your inbox. It um, also comes down oh. to the human learning when you can mark what is spam. So, I mean, this also maybe is a, uh, a reason why that doesn't work if you're having political ads and only the, uh, the liberals are marking the political ads as spam from the, the the conservative side, but the conservatives just, you know, delete them rather than marking the liberal stuff as spam. Uh, they're, they're and maybe that's it. The The machine learning it is, you know, I, I don't believe and I, I think it's kind of ridiculous to believe that there is somebody at Google in there going into a back door and saying, well, this mail just came in from Trump and it's spam and this mail just came in from Biden and it's good. I don't think someone is literally going in and clicking on particular mails what they've done is they've done a pretty good job of creating a machine learning algorithm and machine learning is a an excellent device for amplifying whatever starting biases you have well, so as, as if, i mentioned if, in the last you, random thoughts what do you think of this massive republican uh, mega donor basically buying enough twitter stock to outsource and possibly make major changes I, I i in general whenever something is bureaucratic and corrupt then chaos and the shining light 
of of transparency are exactly what it needs. So I know nothing about this particular story. I don't actually listen to your podcast. I know it's not the most recent one. The uh, um, hostile takeover, <laughs> as Jay Finley said now, to me, just imagine this world. And this could happen at this point if Twitter overnight changed their policy. And as much as they say it's not, we can kind of tell by the people that have been shadow banned actually banned I'm, I'm sorry if they open source their algorithm overnight no. that might be that might be close to a good step toward reestablishing trust well that would be but i don't see that happening here what i see no. happening is a complete 180 that rather than doing this to the conservatives this could start happening to the liberals that imagine the reaction but if if twitter became a censorious shithole that censored people on the left and promoted all kinds of right-wing ideologies right a 180 from what they are now right that it would be just as bad of course it would but i want to know what the reaction would be all of the leftists who uh, well, there would be a lot of stuff who have been like no that's not happening on twitter to the conservatives when it's happening to them i want to know how loud they're going to cry well it would absolutely be entertaining and of course the salty tears of people who are used to getting their own way by crying and wailing and making a big stink and claiming to be offended suddenly being told to fuck off yes would be glorious and amazing but Twitter would still not be useful as a tool. No, and but that's not the point. Be, the point is, well, would this would this lead to ones that would be? Because now everybody on both sides would understand that they're not always going to be in control, so they should all really push for free speech all down the line. This is somehow better. Well, maybe. What, I, you, okay, I, freedom I of know. speech is bad. Is that where you're going? No, Twitter is bad. Is where I'm going. Yeah, it is as it sits. And I think it would be hilarious and, and to do, do a 180 a and be in horrible hell? in the other direction. Do, do you think there's a chance in hell that some SJW who has been taught that the world owes them everything from day one is going to see Twitter suddenly take a hard right turn and look at this and go, huh, maybe I was wrong all these years. I don't see that happening. No, I see no, they're not going to think their ideology is wrong, but they might think the silencing people that they thought was so funny when it was people like James Woods no, or our buddy no, Jay they're Finley. they're going to come out of it. When, when they wake up it, and gonna, they find themselves banned, they're going to be like, what? Why? They're going to they're, no, well, they're, they're probably going to cry gonna, and die. They're going to of course they are. They're going <laughs> to cry. They're going to bitch. They're going to whine. They're going to complain on whatever social networks they still have. Probably go to Mastodon and then we'll have to fucking hear about it there. Uh, they're, they're going to, but, but the thing is that the amazing ability of people in, in the modern age, and I see this a lot on, you know, well, I think it comes out of academia. Um, so I see it more on the left, but anywhere online, which is a terrible place to get any kind of rational discussion, the default go to first stab at a retort to any situation you don't like is an ad hominem attack. They're not going to sit there and go, uh, you know, my ideology is bad. They're not going to sit there and go, my methods are bad. They're going to immediately jump to these people are bad. And they have already convinced themselves that if bad people do something, no matter what the cause, no matter what the effect, no matter what the ends, no matter what the means, if bad people do something, that is bad. And if good people do something, that is good. 
the ends justify the means is a calling card for the kind of people who will whine and scream on here. And so censoring t- speech, if it's done by Trump, it's the worst thing in the world and it's leading to the destruction and downfall of democracy. Censoring speech when it's done on the left exists for the purpose of making everybody feel included. It would be an interesting social experience or experiment. And I think it's going to happen on Twitter and it'll be it'll be really fun to watch if all the liberals start getting deplatformed because then they're going to realize really quick there's no alternative to Twitter. Are they gonna, I don't think they're going to start going on to Gab or, or going to uh, No Agenda Social. But uh, I mean, there's no doubt Twitter is important when it comes to um, the social conversation, whether it sucks or whether it doesn't. A lot of people use that and being able to change what people are seeing there. Um, again, I think it'll be really funny if this does a 180. And instead of being liberal biased, it's conservative just to see the reaction. Neither one is good. I agree with you, but it'll be well, fun to see the down, the, uh, the outpouring chaos of nuts. Chaos is entertainment. Yes, it chaos would be very entertainment and, and people will be, uh, yes, I will absolutely be entertained. And, and in so much as the, the modern internet political theater is nothing more than a, a modern day version of the Roman Colosseum. And, you know, we've got our bread and circuses and don't look at what's actually going on. Um, yes, it will be totally entertaining and people will be fascinated. And a lot of people who don't have the ability to take a joke will, instead of being entertained, will just fucking melt down and their brains will turn into puddles of mush. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, that's great. But in the end, what do you come out with? I, I don't, it won't be any better. And I'm mad. Maybe, maybe am, that's not the goal. I'm really mad that the Democrats are stealing our concept and Bernie Sanders. And as the graphic you sent over to me earlier, basically describe what's going on in the democratic party now <laughs> as old yeah. guy, old, white yells guy. At old guy. Yeah. And that's <laughs> no, what we do. That's amazing our how, how the party that champions diversity and intersectionalism and the, you know, trying to bring in everybody who is, you know, they want to uplift, bring in women and give them more rights than men. And they want to uplift colored people or blacks or whatever it is, whatever the current term is they want to, they want to uplift black people and give them more rights than white. And they want to uplift trans people and give them more rights than cisgendered. And how the fuck did they end up with two old white boomers? And, and, and the old, and the, and then we also have Hillary just the same age. Although, and she may yeah. kill them both. Well, she did. Uh, and you're not talking about like entering the race and beating them in in the political race. You mean literally kill them? Yes, I do mean literally. Sorry, I wasn't clear about that. Uh, okay, actually, I've got a weird question because, of course, I don't follow the news. It because it just it pisses me off, and you don't want to you don't want to see me pissed off. Has Tulsi actually dropped out, or did the mainstream media just decide to on uh, mass to ignore her? They did. They decided on mass to ignore her a while ago. I, I I think she thinks she's still in the race. I mean, she's still talking like she is. I mean, she doesn't have a, a snowball's chance in hell, but uh, she she would be the one legitimate, somewhat non-wacko candidate well, left. Tulsi on a lot of policy issues, most notably that she doesn't actually think that the Second Amendment is part of the Constitution, which is par for the course amongst Democrats. And for some reason, people seem to really resonate with that but it's still fucking illegal 
but the same way that I appreciate what Donald Trump does. Um, she is clearly not an insider, as evidenced by the fact that the media has pretty much chosen to forget that she exists. She well, yeah, is, Hillary uh, called her out as a Russian asset. I mean, that's even worse than trying yeah, to just yeah, forget about is, her. The, the political establishment are trying to shut her down the same way that they tried to shut down Trump. And it's because she's a populist. And uh, populism has always been fascinating to me. I might be going into a whole new can of worms here, uh, but I, I remember mentioning at one point it was uh, I was actually in the in the uh, the discussion about Brexit that uh, I admired populist movements because they shake up the political oligarchy. And I had somebody uh, uh, Martin JJ who is a, a no agenda producer from from way back who lives in the Netherlands and was in Europe and vehemently uh, I just like would have spit on the virtual ground if I could see it. Uh, it just got so pissed off at the very idea that populism populists could be anything but awful. And it it surprised me when I got that reaction because populism was a pretty good check against elitism which seems to be what has been running rampant in the the government over the last say 30 years or at least as long as i've been politically aware um donald trump is a populist he he won his seat in in the presidency by appealing to the common people and by in particular, say, you know, demonstrating that he is apart from the political elite who have been running everything. And I think that if if you are dissatisfied with the way the political elite is doing things, then you need to give that a look. And uh, by the way, if you're not dissatisfied with the way the political elite is running things, you're either a political elite or have something to, you know, to gain from it. Or you're not paying attention and being totally hoodwinked. I, I and every Democrat on the slate is a political elite. In fact, uh, to be honest, the most fascinating Democrat in the entire race is Bernie Sanders because he's because not a Democrat. He is, well, that might be the reason. He, he's a Democrat in name only, but he's also a populist in name only. He is. What has he been in the Senate for? He's been in the Senate for longer than most of his voters parents have been alive <laughs> yes he yes. is the very definition of the political establishment and he's been fucking ineffective the entire time and somehow he's running on a huge wave of populism bernie you know in, in 2016 bernie was the populist left candidate and trump was the populist right candidate and the fact that both of them got by far the majority of votes in 2016 combined you know if you discount the the hillary thing right um should be a giant warning sign to the oligarchy saying, Hey, we don't have the love of the masses anymore. Uh, and, and it's not just in America because Europe, you seeing these exit things, you're seeing the, the yellow vests in France, the Brexit in Britain, uh, the, the oligarchy needs to take note that they don't have the hearts and minds of the people anymore. And the, when, when, a when a populist comes up, a lot of times they are literally saying what people want to hear and not meaning it. And that might be the reason why a lot of people think that populist is a dirty word. 
uh, because it, disingenuous people will come in and appeal to the basest masses and you know say oh of course i'll give you all free health care and right. free college and and that's what a populist does and that's the bad kind of populist is somebody who says yeah of course i'll give you free stuff and i'll give you anything and promise the world and then completely ignore and get rid of it and sanders absolutely has been promising that every campaign uh trump to an extent you know the uh <laughs> Even Obama did made some populist promises like the very first thing I'm ever going to do is shut down Gitmo. Yeah, well, <laughs> how'd that work out for you, buddy? Hey, you find out that you can't always do what you'd say but, you're going to do. Well, from from a, you know, from a governance perspective, uh, a purely populist policy is no way to run a country because it is true that for the most part the teeming masses don't really know what they want or what they need well but you ignore populist uprisings at your peril well and the problem is when you're offering everything to everyone i mean right now i'm like hey troll room everybody in the troll room i'm going to give everybody in the troll room right now 15 million dollars cash i mean i don't know how i'm going to pay for that that's going mean, to cut I don't into have our 15, donations i don't have 15 million dollars cash uh so i'm going to have to get that money somewhere and I have guns, so maybe I need to go to your house and take the money from you first, and then I can give it to you, but it probably still wouldn't add up to that. But that's the problem. We have a new generation who doesn't know how to change a light bulb, as we've learned earlier, that when they hear, oh, we're going to get school for free, everybody's going to get health care for free, everything's going to be free, and it's going to be a utopia. I keep going back to a very simple thing, besides the not everybody gets to sleep with Adriana Lima, is in a yeah. socialist world, we're not all Bill Gates. We're not all Jeff Bezos. In a socialist world, we're the guy cleaning the toilets at the Arby's. Yeah. And and ultimately, the problem with your utopia is that you're not invited into it. Uh, everybody thinks that that in the socialist utopia, they're going to be the one who is sitting back and, and eating grapes. And that's not how it works. The The only people who get to do that are the ones who were in control and by the way that's not you if you're sitting on your iphone while you're getting a pedicure and you're going to vote for a socialist i don't think you're getting it no well no and i a big part of the especially the new socialism movement a big part of the new socialism movement is is because people see the ultra rich doing ultra rich asshole things and generally shitting on everybody everybody sees that it's not they're not even bothering to hide it anymore they are uh we're wealthy we're elites we get to buy our own legislation we get to buy our own laws and we're also above the ones that we enforce against you nobody likes that but the the people who think that socialism is the solution don't realize that those ultra wealthy people are going to be the ones who control you and the only thing socialism does because because we you know the okay first of all why is why is seeing somebody ultra wealthy a problem well if if they're actively screwing you like say big banks then that's a problem and and they need to be shut down but if they're just rich but not screwing you over why is it a problem that that these people are wealthy well, it's only a problem if if you are a, a a person who has been taught your entire life that everybody must be equal and have that drilled into you that equality is the only way to have a functioning, you know, to the the only good in this world is for everybody to be equal. It, why why does it harm you 
if, you know, so-and-so has a lot of money. What? Why are you harmed if, if this person just goes off and eats crepes in their mansion with their money? You're not. I agree. And like I said, if, if they, they're not, they, they're harming you in, in so much as they're, you know, trying to buy bad gun laws, like fucking, I, I, you know, I've had these in my notes for three weeks now, the, the Bloomberg gun laws, and I'm not going to bring it up now because we're late again, but, um, if you can buy your own legislation then, and, and enforce it on people, then that's bad. But the people who have been taught that equality is the ultimate goal that we all need to go to think that socialism is the most beautiful thing in the world because it enforces equality and putting aside the fact that it only enforces equality for the people who are already peasants and the people who run the system are not going to give up their millions or their privilege. And in fact, will will use various means, including corruption in order to maintain it. And you won't be able to do anything about it because you fucking asked everybody to take your guns away. The only way that socialism can make everybody equal is it puts everybody in poverty. Congratulations. Now you're all equally miserable. Anybody who thinks that they're going to keep their iPhone under socialism is fucking deluded. I mean, you might get like an iPhone three. No, what you're going to get is a, a government issued pseudo phone that is laden with spying apps and only the things that the government approves of and and the new government controlled facebook app will be installed and mandatory on everything but otherwise you you will not have the ability to do what you want you will have the ability to do exactly what your socialist overlords can do and nothing else and you know the people who want socialism right now they seem to think that oh those overlords will be benevolent and will help you out and uh, the the one thing that you always know about politics is that if you decide to give an office more power because you like what the current guy is doing, just wait for the next guy. You must have tracker installed in your neck if you want phone slave. In, um, did you say in your neck? Yes, <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, but I want I want to just talk about a logical statement here. Our buddy phone boy. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. He says, the only problem with listening to this, referring to Grumpy Old Ben's live, is now I've screwed myself out of something to listen to later. Like you can always listen to me again later. Yeah, you can, you can listen twice. Or in, you can, in fact, you, you can if, donate so much that we have to add a second show every week. More work for you. No, no, just that much Bemrose even scares me. <laughs> is, is this, does the internet, is there any legislation about how much Bemrose can be on the uh, internet in a, in a, certain time period i hope not i mean there are ethical reasons why it might be uh, a bad idea but i don't i i hope there's never legislation about that you know okay here's it uh, i call this the there ought to be a law syndrome and that is every single time there's any kind of crisis or anything happens this coronavirus bullshit is a great example of it the the first reaction to the kind of of childish person who doesn't know how to handle anything on their own is we need our authority government to fix it and so they always say what's the phrase there ought to be a law you know every time there's a school shooting we need a new law to prevent this but there was a law that yeah there there was a law it wasn't followed and now you're trying to add another no we there we don't need another law what we need is enforce the shit we have we need fewer laws we need more freedom and we need people who are armed to be able to walk around because 
95% of humans are good, decent people who will help you out. And when you take away the guns, those are the people who give up their guns. The 5% who don't want to give up their guns because they want to shoot somebody won't give up their guns. They're the ones who are going to have the guns and you end up with school shootings because schools are gun free zones where nobody is allowed to carry. What would happen with all of the school shootings out here if every single time some disgruntled fuck brought an AK into the school and decided to start opening up? If the that very moment, every other person turned around and shot the fuck out of them. Oh, look, shooting ended. One casualty done. All eighth graders and above should carry their own. 22 <laughs> teach them how to use it everybody gets a lot more polite when everybody has guns there's yeah. no doubt you don't want to get into that fight that just makes sense <laughs> did you want to mention your little uh, screenshot about the hulu blocking and uh, why you hated hulu and, uh well i i i mean i can give you i i've actually got a bunch i've started putting links in my notes just in case my browser crashes and i need to get them back well that, uh, so too I much porn will crash the browser so we cut down on that. there's never enough porn uh, no, the, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to describe this screenshot because it was kind of fascinating and it, uh, and it was real. I, I, yeah, it was real. Um, and it was an image from Hulu saying, uh, hi, Angela. This, this was somebody on Reddit posted this, somebody, I guess, named Angela said, that it track. seems like you're not at home. Your current zip code and IP address don't match the location of your home linked to this account due to streaming rights. Watching on this device outside of your home network isn't available. And then it says, if you've moved to a new home, you can change the location of your home right now. Uh, and there's a button that says, yes, make this location my home. And then right next to the button, it says you have three of four location changes remaining. And I, I, I remember, I don't remember what the comment was, but I said something like, this is, this is a pretty good, you know, this is an advertisement for piracy. Yes. Because <laughs> your content is it, your own. It, it, okay. So there's, there's two discussions, two ways I can go with that. One is the ridiculous restrictions being put on you know apparently nobody ever wants to watch their home streaming network from a hotel or something that apparently doesn't fucking happen uh the the ridiculous restrictions that you are being put on content which have the result that use the content you've paid for you might as well get the content in a way that not only do you have the ability to use it correctly in whatever way you want but also it costs less. I mean, if I could pay the same amount of money and pirate stuff, that would still be a more attractive offer because these people, these big companies are making it so difficult to use content legally. But the other thing that I can go, and the reason I actually brought it up this morning is the privacy aspect of, uh, of what the fuck are they doing to get my, you know, my IP and zip code. Obviously they're looking it up in a database, but you know, that kind of surveillance, I guess we just accept it now, but even 15 years ago, I would be like, why, why do you know this about me? What are you, what, yeah. what else are you doing to try to pin me down and scan my location? And right. get, Which, you know, do you know how, if these people had a way to figure out how many people were in the room, you know, they'd turn on your camera and be like, I'm sorry, you, your account only allows for two, two people to watch at a time. And I noticed there's three humans in the room. And so um, you can't watch this. Yeah. Somebody has to leave. But this goes back to <clears throat> the same thing. Like, like how much that's my fucking cat. Oh, right. Yeah. How much Windows is putting out there and, and all that kind of data thing uh, for people that are running into this. I mean, I get it. I, I thought they were just going by concurrent streams. So, I mean, if you have 
a Netflix account, Hulu, and you're sharing with somebody, usually it is. You, I mean, I've seen the error like, well, there's already too many people yeah. streaming. And that I, I get. How Net, I know that's how Netflix enforces it because, uh, you know, for, for a little while, we had given out our Netflix password. And uh, uh, my, we have the, the Netflix account that get, lets you do two concurrent streams, which is great when it's just my wife and I, because the cats don't hardly ever watch Netflix. Or, or they watch uh, what you're watching. Yeah, usually. Uh, but we had briefly for somebody who had uh, uh, was in a transition, had given out our Netflix password and we ran into that screen all the damn time. And finally, we're like, OK, you know what? You have to go get your own account because we're not going to. And that works. It was fine. It, it, it wasn't that bad. I, I can imagine situations where that's too restrictive. And if it is, I'd love you to record a rant and send it somewhere. Um, but it wasn't killing me. But I'm guessing what but, Hulu was saying is if you got 10 people in your family. You still only need one account, but they all need to be coming from the same IP address location, which is where yeah. this problem would come in. It's a very simple fix. Set up a VPN at home. It's easy to do if yeah, you have a it, NAS it, system. It's easy to do on a yeah. lot of routers. And that way, when you're out and about, just connect back to your home. And, and as long as you have enough bandwidth to do that. True. Um, now, it, and public VPNs wouldn't work because no. it's almost certain that Hulu has blocked every VPN that they know about. Right, you'd have to run your like, own. I'm to, sorry to get by I'm the sorry, IP. This thing. IP address isn't allowed to use anything at all, and and of course, if IPs change and you get that one, congratulations, you're fucked. Although I haven't really run into that problem, uh, so they're doing a good job. These between Mulvad and uh, Nord and the other companies that are doing the VPNs, a lot of it is just to be able to watch content. Like, oh, the bastards won't let me watch, you know, Doctor Who because it's only for the UK audience. And nobody thought you might be able to get around that. Trying to restrict content just never works. But I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, that's that's because people want to watch content. It's it's ultimately the the inherent problem with DRM in general, which is the inherent problem with restricting content, which is uh, you are trying to create a security model where your attacker is also your the recipient of your data. We never restrict your content. We give it to you. We give you the whole load, as Joe Biden wants even, to give. Yeah, e even even those parts you don't want. Yeah, we give we give you the whole thing. We give you the whole grumpy old Ben's experience. We don't charge you for it. We just say, hey, if you liked it, value for value. Go over to grumpyoldbens.com and click that donate button. You can do it a one time. You can do it a monthly thing. And as far as the monthly, our buddy Jay Noah Davis comes in again today. And we appreciate the support from everybody that has donated and everybody that's on a monthly thing it helps us keep this little uh, grumpy old ben's thing going i mean we have a little bit to go i mean i was thinking adam curry has now been on joe rogan which is the largest podcast out there and no agenda which is in the at least like the top five percent of listeners i mean maybe we should invite adam on our show now so he can see what, what it's like to rogan? only to only talk to like a couple hundred people i i think i think rogan has about five percent of all podcast listeners yes <laughs> i think he does I think he does. It's a uh, it's a massive audience, and it's a, the most impressive thing is, and I do believe him. It was started just to have fun. Never really thought it would turn into anything, and it's turned into a behemoth. So it shows you. I mean, it's it wasn't somebody sitting down like, well, how could we take over this media? How could we make a lot of money? It was just, ah, let's fuck around and have fun, and sometimes that works, and that's kind of what we're doing here. I mean, we're not really looking at this as a uh, as a full time job. Although, again, if you guys want. And girls, we don't want to misgender anybody. If you want more Grumpy Old Benz, I mean, if it's like one a week is not enough, then you have to go over to GrumpyOldBenz.com, at least subscribe and probably donate to get Sir Bemrose to, you know, to rant, I mean, a little more. It's You have to pull if, it out if, of them. 
And you, he needs the incentive. If grumpy old Ben's had a wealthy patron who wanted to donate enough money for me to quit my day job and do this full time, I'd, I'd complain about it. <laughs> you would complain. You, you would. And they'd be like, I would. What the hell's this guy's problem? He'd be like, well, haven't you listened to any of the shows? That's his bit. It's, it's, he's not putting it on. That's just, that is just Sir Ryan Bemrose. He's a curmudgeon. That's all, that's all he's going to be. And if you think he's too much so, Reach out to him, Ryan at grumpyoldbenz.com. You can reach me at Darren at grumpyoldbenz.com. And of course, you can follow us on the bird site, Twitter, Grumpy Old Benz, and uh, interact with us there. Sir Bemrose, you can interact with me there. And, and if you, it's a if you find a way zone. to follow me, if you find a way to follow me on the bird site, then please tweet me about it. We will certainly do that. So I want to wish you a nice digital detox going up into a semi-active volcano that has gone yes. off in my lifetime so and, i mean it's possible if uh, and, and uh, the the detox is only digital we are taking lots of alcohol <laughs> which makes it a lot more fun if the the whole mountain explodes underneath you i mean at least you'll enjoy the ride oh it hasn't done that in years well we wish you luck and you'll be back hopefully next friday yes. as will i for another ish another exciting edition of grumpy old ben so until then i am darren o'neill still coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america where the weather is turning to spring the birds are out and it's still cold as hell and from america's left coast where your personal information wants to be free i'm ryan bemrose then free it